On Tuesday, Madison headed to the polls to vote in the city's primary election. Now that we're a couple days out, we here at the Mad Splainers are ready to talk about what exactly went down. And to do that, we decided to bring in a special guest into the studio with us. I'm Eric Lawrence, and I'm the tech and culture reporter here at the Cap Times. I'm Abby Becker. I cover city and county government. I'm Lisa speckard Pask, and I'm the Metro reporter. I'm Jason Joyce, and I'm the news editor of the Cap Times and the special guest. Oh, feel that energy, people. <laughs> feel it. We're bringing the heat today. Oh, and this is the Mad Splainers podcast. <laughs> Election edition. Election edition. Welcome, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us, the Mad Splainers, the podcast all about municipal affairs and city government here at the Cap Times. Today, we are talking all about Tuesday's primary election here in Madison. If you're a listener to the podcast, you probably already know it went down. But I mean, spoiler alert, in terms of the mayoral race, which is where we're going to start, Mayor Paul Soglin and Satya Rhodes-Conway ended up advancing to the general election. Uh, Mayor Soglin secured 28.6% of the vote. Sadia Rhodes-Conway, who is the managing director of the Mayor's Innovation Project at the Center the Center on Wisconsin Strategy. You used I think to I would work know there, it Eric. at this Come point. On. Yeah, I know. I used to, I used to <laughs> enter there. Um, and, and a former alder was uh, very close behind, securing 27.7% of the vote just 323 votes behind Mayor Soglin. The three people in the studio with me, fellow Mad Splainers, Mad Splainer guest Jason Joyce, were all at various election parties across the city where uh, supporters of the mayoral candidates were watching returns come in. How about like we just go around really quickly and talk about like the vibes in each room? It's always exciting stuff, you know, the highs, the lows, the victory, the loss. Let's start with Jason, you were at the election party of Sadia Rhodes Conway, uh, who emerged as a victor in this race. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about uh, reminding our listeners who is Sadia Rhodes Conway? And yeah, just tell us a little bit about what was it like over at the Harmony? Is that right? The Harmony Bar, uh, you know, beloved, I would say, without reservation, neighborhood tavern um, on the east side, Atwood Avenue, which is often actually a base of um, uh, poll watching parties for uh, Madison's uh, sort of progressive uh, groups, progressive Dane, uh, you know, fans of left wing politicians often gather there on election night to watch the polls. So um, Satya is a former city council Alder um, has been um, endorsed and supported by um, several other members of the city council, all of whom probably would align themselves with that sort of left um, approach, that more progressive um, wing of of. Madison's already progressive city council. She represented a district on the east and north side. Um, and that is where sort of the um, the center of her support came from, the east side of the city. Those folks are pretty familiar with her. In, in a campaign where she spent the least amount of money of all the, the of the four major candidates, uh, she really relied on that sort of old-fashioned shoe leather, uh, you know, campaigning. I live about a block from the Harmony Bar, and uh, Satya was on my porch uh, earlier this fall, pretty early on, actually before the November election. Um, and so, uh, so that's you know, being able to sort of get out into the neighborhoods was her strength, and and they really worked hard to shore up those east side. 
districts. Yeah, definitely a point of pride for her, right? She kind of uh, bragged a little bit like we were outspent, but we nevertheless pulled it off. Absolutely. She she called it a people-powered campaign. Let's talk a little bit about the incumbent, Paul Soglin, over on the other side of town at the Laurel Tavern on Monroe Street, right? That's right. Soglin and his supporters were at the Laurel on Monroe. Um, it was a small group of uh, people that were there with him. Um, They're all kind of gathered around one table primarily, um, and Soglin was facing the TV, watching the returns come in. Um, so, so from what I hear, it sounded a bit quieter, more reserved than what was yeah. going on at the Harmony it and in like other the, places yeah, around town. Yeah, the mayor town. had a real air of like just chill, like equanimity about him. Didn't really have a yeah. lot of reactions. Chill, I guess. chill yeah. is one word. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what to expect going into it, yeah. but um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was pretty quiet for a while, and then uh, once we knew what was all happening, and that's when his supporters, you know, kind of perked up, and then then from there, we we're just kind of waiting for him to make his comments to. Uh, the t- to TV and to, to other media that were there. And then after that, people sort of headed out. So it was a, it was a pretty quiet affair. Well, uh, Lisa, you were at the party of one of the people who do not emerge victorious. You were at no. Rod Shukla's yes, el- election party. Yes, I was at one of the party. depressing parties. But yeah. it started out very energetic and fun. It was also on Monroe Street um, at the, the Roman Candle. And, yeah, people were having a good time at first. Anyway, <laughs> There's a pretty good group there um, talking to a lot of people about why they supported Raj. I heard a lot of support for his green initiatives as well as other things like affordable housing and like bus rapid transit. But the green initiatives were really the common theme I heard. And then it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that he was in fourth behind Satya and Saglin and Mo Cheeks. Um, and so it kind of got a little quieter and it didn't really seem like he ever had a chance to come back. And then he came out pretty early and said, I just called Satya and congratulated her. So uh, maybe now would be a good time to make note of where everyone uh, besides Rhodes Conway and Soglin ended up in this race. Mo Cheeks as Lisa, as Lisa mentioned, ended up in third with about 23% of the vote. Raj Shukla, 18%. Comedian Nick Hart received about 1% of the votes. And uh, just behind him was Toriana Petaway, who was not on the ballot but was running a write-in campaign. She earned 267 votes as a write-in candidate coming in last place. But let's break those numbers down a little bit more. Uh, Abby, why don't you begin telling us a little bit about the geography of how Madison voted? What did the ward-by-ward picture look like here? Yeah, playing off what you were saying about where where Satya Rhodes-Conway did well on the east side, you know, she really did well in the Isthmus area, um, in that central sort of downtown location, whereas the incumbent mayors, Paul Soglin, did better more on the outskirts of the city, um, particularly on the west side. Like, I wish we had one of those big touchscreen maps like CNN has, so we could just, like, (laughs) dive into the wards that way. It doesn't quite work that way on election night. You have to sort of know where these numbers exist in the city. Um, but we we looked after the fact at, at the highest turnout wards, um, which tend to be on that isthmus sort of toward the downtown area. The highest turnout ward was uh, 65, which is the ward that contains Edgewood High School, which is the source of a lot of controversy right now over the building of a new stadium. So voters there are energized to vote. Satya Rhodes-Conway won that ward. Second to that was in the Midvale Heights neighborhood, which is sort of uh, the source of Mo Cheeks's stronghold, um, and he won uh, that ward. Following that is number 40. That's the ward that I live in. That's the ward that contains the Harmony Bar. That's typically a very high turnout ward. Satya Rhodes-Conway won that ward. She also won 41 and 29, the next two highest. So she won four of the highest turnout wards in the city. 
that's interesting. That's something that we'll definitely want to pay attention to. The only other ward that uh, we sort of kept our eye on was ward number 45, which is at Lapham Elementary School. That's right in the heart of the Isthmus. And what's interesting about that ward is that it contains those big apartment buildings that we see along East Washington, which we're told contain a lot of epic workers, a lot of young professionals. And uh, they turned out in big numbers in November during the governor's election. And they've come back now, which which I think is pretty interesting too. These are in large part millennial voters. And so seeing them sort of get involved and get engaged in municipal politics is something that we haven't seen from them before. So seeing them turn out for primary is an indication that they'll probably come back for the general election. Satya Rhodes-Conway also won that ward. Paul Soglin came in last in that ward. He hmm. barely managed to get over 100 votes in keeping with the stronghold being right in the in the isthmus for Satya Rhodes Conway, 45 is a good indicator of that. Turnout overall, it was on par with the spring 2011 primary, and it was it was more than the most recent mayor's election uh, in the primary for that in 2015. Just a couple points about what was going on in 2011. Um, there was a state Supreme Court primary, a competitive Dane County executive uh, primary, um, as well as all of the protests going on at the state capitol regarding Act 10. So there was a lot of political activity and engagement at that time. So, so voter turnout, which was recorded by the clerk's office um, at 21.6% of registered voters, yeah, what was about what was going on in, in 2011. I, I do want to point out also that there is always higher turnout in the general election. So the top two that did get through will now have to campaign to get the votes of people who didn't vote in the primary and will be voting in, in the general election. You know, I've been talking to some people just about the the outcome of the election. And, you know, and as an incumbent, I mean, I think that the mayor should be, you know, kind of worried with his barely clearing 30 percent of the vote. Um, although, you know, he, he held a press conference the next day and, you know, seemed pretty confident, talked about how there's a, there could be a fairly large group of voters, you know, who haven't voted yet for the general election. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how candidates kind of scoop up the votes of, of the people who haven't voted in the primary, but then also how um, the people who voted, you know, for, for Shukla and Sheiks, how those votes kind of fall out between Satya Rose Conway and Paul Soglin. On a much less scientific note, can we talk about uh, our fellow reporter Steve Elbow went out to the polls on Tuesday and just kind of casually talked to people about who they were voting for? Yeah. Because that was interesting. It was like basically like anyone over 50 was voting for Soglin yeah. and anyone under that was voting for anybody else. I was going to say this kind of in alignment with Jason, kind of what you were talking about a little bit. There seems to be a general trend of like younger people not necessarily aligning with the mayor. But nevertheless, Mayor Soglin still has a base that he seems to be able to rely on, specifically around the outskirts of the city. You know, the, the nice thing about having a crowded primary and we had four major candidates and two sort of uh, a little bit more minor candidates. There were a lot of forums. There were a lot of opportunities. But but you had four campaigns canvassing, uh, putting uh, commercials on TV, doing a lot of social media advertising. And all that serves to just, um, you know, bring the race to more people. Um, so even if you voted for Mo Cheeks or you voted for Raj Shukla, you're you're sort of in the game now. You've you've already filled out a ballot and now you have an interest in who's going to win. It's tough to figure out sort of where the people who didn't vote in the primary and will vote in the election, how they will break down. You know, presumably a lot of them maybe thought that Soglin would cakewalk through the primary and they didn't need to vote for him or against him because that was a foregone conclusion. And I think just a lot of people probably educating themselves about six candidates is a lot harder than educating yourself about two. So now that there's just two, it'll be easier and they'll, you know, pop in. 
Well, speaking of the level of advertising and campaigning, Abby, you wrote a cover story uh, three weeks back, I think. It kind of really highlighted a, a remarkable aspect of this election. The levels of spending here were pretty high. Like collectively, candidates ended up raising nearly half a million dollars, which was way more than uh, what we saw in the 2015 election. Yeah, Abby, can you talk a little bit more just about the level of spending and kind of also a elevated degree of sophistication that you described in this story when it came to this primary season that we just saw here in Madison. Definitely. Yeah. Well, so this this race has definitely highlighted an insane amount of fundraising. There's just a ton of money, you know, coming in to this race. Um, and it also reflects this, you know, continuing and, you know, heightened trend of sophistication in terms of campaign, campaigning, campaign staff, you know, the methods that candidates are using to kind of get out to voters. So in total, the Six candidates raised um, over four hundred fifty-three thousand dollars, and that was way more than the you know one hundred eighty thousand dollars raised by five candidates in twenty fifteen. So just the total amounts are more, and 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 then you know thinking about the candidates who did advance to the general election, um, you know, Paul Soglin raised um, a little over 112000 in total. Satya Rhodes-Conway has raised a total of $83,330 to be specific. But, but overall, she came in, you know, fourth in fundraising. And I think Jason was saying earlier, her style has really been to canvas and talk to voters, you know, one-on-one. She's also of the top four candidates. Um, you know, she did not choose or purchase um, a television ad. And so I think I think that's kind of interesting how, um, you know, there is a lot of money in this race, yet one of the the candidates who did advance to the general election has chosen not to pursue methods of campaigning that require, you know, a lot of money. The other interesting thing is, uh, you know, the sophistication of social media campaigning, which continues to evolve. Uh, it's, it's something that we can we can still see innovation with because people aren't really sure how it works. And and so they're trying a lot of new things. Mo Cheeks was probably the candidate that did the most with social media during the primary. He started early. He had a lot of video. Um, his Instagram story was sort of crazy in oh, terms yeah. of frequency. We saw – We brought up Mo Cheeks' Instagram game during the interview that – The Matt Splainers appeared on Mo Cheeks' Instagram story. That's right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really – I felt like we were all living with Mo there for for several weeks. We were we were with him from taking the moment meetings he got with him on, on the bus. bus. Yeah, yes. what were you, what were your Facebook feeds like throughout this? I kept on getting ad after ad after ad. It was well, unreal. mine was all candidates, was but I also yeah. followed them all for reporting purposes. Sure. I mean, again, going back to some of this sort of old-fashioned style of campaigning, I'm aware of a lot of people who had house parties on the east side where they weren't fundraisers necessarily. In many ways, they were just, come to my house and meet Satya Rhodes-Conway. I am supporting her, and I think you might like her, and just come by and meet her, no obligation. Two people I know had those kinds of parties. And that's, you know, that's retail politics. That's old school. Um, so you can say what you want about the effectiveness of being able to target Facebook advertising to, you know, people in certain zip codes by age, by other preferences, by who they like on Facebook. But, you know, a lot of Madison people are, are they're, they're nerds. They want to be able to talk to the camp candidate uh, and find out what their policy prescriptions are and what they really believe in and whether they know what they're talking about. Those kinds of things happen um, face to face. We know that Paul Soglin knows his stuff. He should, he should after decades of, of um, holding 
holding that office. But we also just, I mean, he he has taught public policy. He's been an instructor with the La Follette Institute at the UW. So um, I was just say he also has a demonstrative record on um, this. Always sticks out to me when thinking about the incumbent, um, but of of handling you know situations of crisis. We saw that with the flooding, and we see that now with all the snow going on. Those decisions are ones that an experienced mayor you know should really excel at. You know, even Definitely. thinking about negotiations on the Judge Doyle Square project, right? These are really big things that um, that mayors need to do, and I think you know a voter could could really rely on the deciding condition of experience in this race. I was going to say, interestingly, I mean, Satya also had a campaign that was very much about experience with issues, just kind of from a different perspective, given that her line of work with the Mayor's Innovation Project is all about working with other cities across the country on the various issues that mayors are confronting. So she is, uh, for work, she is immersed in these policy issues. And I think the nerds of Madison also had a lot to to find in, in in Satya as a candidate as well. Yeah, I brought this up, I think, on the profile we did with Satya here in the Mad Splainers. But during all the flooding, while that was happening, her campaign released her platform on stormwater management. So um, I think that also reflected that she's in tune and you know knows her stuff and um, knows what she should be telling voters. So, okay, we've been talking a lot about mayor stuff, but of course, it was not just the mayoral race that Madison residents were voting on on Tuesday. We also had a school board race, and in certain districts anyway, there were also city council candidates that were on the ballot. Let's talk a little bit just super briefly about what happened with those races? Abby, can you give us a quick rundown? Sure. So with the school board, there were three at-large seats up for elections. In seat three, Kaleem Kerr and Chris Caruzzi advanced to the general election. Seat four, Ali Muldrow and David Blaska um, will be on the ballot in April. And in seat five, um, the incumbent TJ Mertz and Ananda uh, Marilli will be on the ballot in April. So that's it for the school board. Um, and then in terms of city council races, um, so all 20 seats are up for election. Um, 11 will face turnover overall. Um, but there were four districts that um, that had primaries that were on the ballot. Results of those. So in District 3 on Madison's east side, Lindsay Lemmer and Mike Ciro will be on the ballot in April. District 12, um, candidates Syed Abbas and Diane Farsetta pull through the primary. District 13, candidates there, Tag Evers and David Hoffert emerged from a four-way primary and will be on the ballot in April. And then in District 15, this is kind of exciting, it was an extremely close race there. Grant Foster and Angela Jenkins um, will advance to the general election, but they were separated by only four votes. That just really tells you how close local elections are. And if you're thinking your vote might not matter, it, it kind of does in these really close ones. So I want to know, yeah. what, now we have Soglin and Satya. What, what are the main differences between them? What do we think is going to divide voters? What issues or stances do they have that might split people? You know, I think that will become much more apparent now that we are, you know, leading up in the six weeks now leading up to the general election. I think in forums and in debates that will be sure to happen, you know, there are differences on policies, there are differences in approach to things and their personalities will become really clear, you know, moving forward. The main uh, issues of the campaign, I think at this point, are, are pretty clear. Housing, transportation, um, you know, Madison's racial disparities continues uh, to be a big thing that, that keeps coming up. In many ways, yes, Soglin and uh, Rhodes-Conway are, you know, right next to each other on sort of 
what they believe on those issues. And I mean, what many of us believe, you know, transportation needs to be improved in this town. We need more affordable housing and the racial disparities. We, that is something that we really need to work on. So in many ways, I think the differences that we'll see is style and maybe priorities. And while Soglin, I think, brings a huge advantage to the table, having been an incumbent, everyone in the city knows him. And he deserves a lot of credit for many of the great things that have happened in the city. So it's how much blame voters are going to put on him for why hasn't, you know, transportation been fixed already? Why haven't we been able to secure these federal grants to build more um, shelters for the buses? Uh, why is the racial disparity issue continuing to be, you know, sort of plaguing to, to the whole city? People will have to meet and understand who Satya is as a person. She'll have to – she acknowledged this on election night. She's introducing herself to the people who live on the west side, many of whom were campaigned to pretty heavily by you know, Mo Cheeks, certainly Paul Soglin and a little bit by Raj Shukla. But uh, she needs to go west. Go, go west, young woman. And uh, yeah. you know – yeah, I definitely think you're right about pointing out some of the similarities there. I mean, back in last summer when Paul Soglin had, was saying that he wasn't going to be in the race, I believe there was like a tacit endorsement maybe. I don't want to put he, it too strongly here. But. He said that Sati Rhodes-Conway was a, quote, eminently qualified candidate. So I actually asked him about this at a press conference that he held on Wednesday, the day after the election. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he has this very dry sense of humor, right? So he sort of mm-hmm. attributed that comment to um, how lovable he is, and how nice of a you know candidate he is. Um, this is when he brought up, too, that the dynamic of this election, you know, is going to change and that, um, mm. you know, he I'm kind of summarizing what he, you know, was telling reporters on Wednesday. But, um, you know, he was saying that candidates have made, you know, a lot of a lot of promises, have suggested a lot of ideas for the city, but haven't, um, in, in his opinion, followed up with, um, well, what would the fiscal impact of that be for the city? How how would you actually implement those things? And, you know, he was saying that he has that experience. He came into office eight years ago and he came in, you know, you know, really trying to, uh, to to rein in, you know, spending and to drive down debt in the city. And that put him in conflict with with the city council. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so he really spoke to the dynamic of the race changing. And I think he's going to, you know, come into debates really prepared to, to hammer on on the specifics. Yeah. Um, I, one other thing that I think is is just important to note is that, you know, um, if elected, you know, Satya Rose Conway would be the, the second woman to serve as mayor of Madison. Um, and she is also the first, um, she would be the first openly gay mayor of Madison. And so I think, um, um, that's a yeah, that's important um, in terms of representation. For definitely, the city. definitely. Yeah, I think it was a, a year in which a lot of people noted that the primary field was a you know a fairly diverse one. We had three people of color in the race. We had an openly gay woman running uh, for mayor with Satya Rhodes Conway. So yeah, it was a kind of an interesting year in terms of the diversity of the field of, of candidates that we saw. All right, that's all we got for you. We'll be bringing you more coverage about the election over the next six weeks leading up to the April 2nd general election. Uh, so look out for more Mad Splainers content coming at you. Um, but for now, uh, I'm Eric Lawrenson. Thank you so much for having listened to us. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Google Play Music, on Stitcher, anywhere you can find your podcasts. You can also find other great Cap Times content, including Wedge Issues, a state politics podcast, and The Corner Table, which is all about food and drink in Madison. Thank you so much once again for listening, and we'll catch you later. Bye.